Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. It's your boy, Sante Samuel, back with another episode. Who do you believe should lead the Arizona Cardinals in the future? Is it Josh Dobbs, the current starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals? Is it Kyler Murray, who is coming off injury, you know, rehabbing, doing everything he can to, to get back to the team? Or is it one of the top college quarterbacks entering the NFL draft in 2024? What's your opinion? What are your thoughts? How you think the Arizona Cardinals need to handle this situation? Well, this is my opinion, and this is how I think the Arizona Cardinals need to handle this whole quarterback saga and the future of the Arizona Cardinals and the quarterback situation. Well, we're going to talk about it a little. I'm going to paint a picture, and I'm going to build up to something so we can all see you know, a couple little pieces and things that you may not realize. But, but Kyler Murray is eligible to return to participate in games or however the coaches deems necessary, but remains on the PUP list until further notice. Right? Murray, who is 26 years of age and a two-time pro bowler, battled hamstring issues last year before eventually tearing his ACL. And we know that landed him on IR, which eventually put him out for the season. You know, we all know that history. But there have been multiple reports stating how bad Murray's attitude has been towards the organization and how he carries himself as a quarterback on the team. You know, he got some backlash and people wasn't feeling him in the organization, whether it was players or, or whatever. You know, the old quarter, uh, head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, um, he had a, 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 a major liking to him. And, you know, maybe he got let him get away with, with more things than he was supposed to. So, you know, that led to the organization feeling like, you know, he have attitude problems and we don't like the way he carries himself. You know, it's been multiple reports. But John Gannon was hired as the head coach who then turned around and hired Drew Petzine from the Cleveland Browns. Drew Petzine was at the um, Cleveland Browns and John Gannon lured him over there and, and gave him the officer coordinator job and he took it. So, now if you ever wondered why they traded specifically for Josh Dobbs, here it is. Here it is. This is why everybody was wondering why Josh Dobbs all of a sudden became the target for the Arizona Cardinals trade when you got a new head coach. He's never been a head coach and, you know, officer coordinator and all that. But it was because Josh and, off, off, and, Josh and the OC both had ties with the Cleveland Browns. Offensive coordinator Drew Petzing was the quarterback coach in Cleveland before taking the job in Arizona. And Josh was just in Cleveland before Arizona traded for him. So you see, you know, you know what I mean? Josh was there. Drew Petzing was there, but they weren't there at the same time. But you can see that you, you can tell that they was potentially running the same offense. So they're going to trade for him and bring him in and you see the connection, you know, the rest is history, right? But after they make the trade, they have a key crucial decision to make about the previous quarterback who took over after Kyler Murray was injured and landed on IR. And that was Colt McCoy. Did a good job. And what did they do? What did they decide to do? They decided to release him. They released him and 
Now, here they go. They traded for Dobbs. They traded for Dobbs on the 24th of August. Listen to this. On August 24th, they traded for Dobbs. And the season started on September 10th, giving Dobbs just over, just barely over two weeks to prepare for a full NFL season. Right? But they must have been very confident in Dobbs because of the ties that, you know, they both had in Cleveland. So making it confident for, for them to pull that trigger and say, okay, you're the starting quarterback. You're going to lead the Arizona Cardinals, right? So Dobbs shows, Dobbs as a quarterback, though, I want you to know, like, he shows that he has all the tools. I'm just coming from an NFL perspective. All the NFL, all the tools to be a good quarterback in this new passing league and use, and he uses his legs really, really well. And we all know he has a great IQ and he makes great a good decision. I ain't going to say great. He made good decisions with the ball in his hand. So Dobbs can, can, can be the man. He can lead that team. He's doing it every week. Every, every week Dobbs give the Cardinals a competitive chance to win, except for we know about, you know, the blowout against the 49ers. But every week Dobbs is out there competing and, and, and giving the giving the team the best opportunity to win because nobody else is doing it. Even though, you know, they're still one in four. You know, he's out there producing. The, the, the record doesn't show how, how well he's doing for, for such a short period of time. But we all know about the ups, upset Cardinals, you know, handed to the Cowboys, which was, you know, you know, we know about that victory. Then they also had the New York Giants 20 to 0 at halftime. They end up losing that game. And, you know, they were very competitive against. The Bengals yesterday could have won that game, get rid, eliminate a few mistakes. They potentially could have won that game. So Dobbs goes out there and have the uh, Arizona Cardinals playing and competing to win games, right? Dobbs shows he is the quarterback that can, that John Gannon can build a team around. He's showing that every week. If 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 you have if he haven't made you a believer, I don't know what it is. Remember, he only had over a little over two weeks to prepare in jail with the team. Now, imagine if Dobbs had a full year to prepare with the team and participate in mini camp and training camp and just jail with the team and and understand who his favorite target. Imagine he had that. Imagine how much better uh, the offense and the Arizona Cardinals would be doing as a whole. But you know that's something you got to think about. In, into this, you know, this uh, this mathematical problem because that's that really means a lot. That really means a lot, right? But the question is, how are the Cardinals going to handle this quarterback controversy with Kyler Murray and Joshua Dobbs, and the possibility of one of the top quarterbacks coming out of college entering the draft, Caleb Williams, Drake May out of North Carolina, and a few more, few more quarterbacks. How are they going to handle this situation? Do you activate Murray and, uh, uh, when he's fully healthy and, and ready to go and put your trust in him, although you didn't draft him? Quarterback, new head coaches really don't like to do that, but uh, he may be forced to do that, being that Kyler Murray has a, you know, a long, you know, a, a long-term, long-term contract locked up until 2026. 
Or do you build the team around Dobbs and get him some weapons? You know, I like that situation. Build the team around Dobbs and get him some weapons. Or do you hope Dobbs fails and then now you go get the top quarterback, your favorite quarterback in the NFL draft? What do you think? What's your opinion? This is a unique situation to have as a head coach. It's very unique. You got three options to choose from to lead, to, 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 to have lead your, your team. So you can do all the evaluating. You got all the time, and you, you even have players there with you now that you can see for yourself. You know what I mean? But understand that like, this is a job for people just like, you know, you go work your job. So there, people like to do things safe. And, and the safe move that coaches usually do in this type of situation, you know, it, is, you know they want to keep their job security. So the safe play is to say, hey, to my bosses, to the GM, I'm waiting to the draft because I need another quarterback. I want to build my team around another quarterback. And then that gives you, that gives the head coach a lot of time to, you know, have trial and error and mess up and, and you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, that potentially will be a decision the head coach can make. Or how about this? This is what I think. This is how I feel. How about using that top draft pick and going to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? And he is coming ready to ball immediately. He is a straight baller. We know that. His bloodline, it is what it is. And we know he is going to give the offense a major upgrade instantly. Like production, all of that is going to come with the draft of Marvin Harrison. Ain't no doubt in nobody's mind, right? So you get Marvin Harrison and you keep Josh Dobbs and you keep Kyler Murray and you let them compete and see who uh, who you think best will fit your team. But at, on the other hand, I think it's imperative that you got to give Kyler Murray a chance to prove himself or to come out there and, and, and do what he do and, because that's the only thing that will help all parties involved. You know, they got to keep his trade value high, his value, period, because if you want to move on for, from him, you want to be able to, to receive a, a good draft pick. So I think it's important for, for him to go out there and, and play and still show all 32 teams that he still can play and lead a team and so on and so forth. So don't think about just throwing Kyler Murray to the side. Like I say, he's locked up to 2026. They have to do something. But as far as the trade scenario go, the only people I can see that may be enticed to trade for uh, Kyler Murray, maybe the Atlanta Falcons. And to me, it doesn't seem too enticing. But, you know, they may, you know, look at it and think, let me, let me see about this. Let me look into this and evaluate and talk to the scouts and see if we think Kyler Murray could be a good fit on the Atlanta Falcons and, you know, bring him in here. But like I said, I don't know. That's, that's far-fetched, and we'll see how that part goes. But... I'm a one. I'm I'm an underdog, so I'm always rooting for the underdogs. And Kyler Murray has done some pretty good things in the past. But unless you make a trade for Kyler that makes sense, you must see what he can do. Like I said, I'm an underdog. I, I I like the underdogs. Kyler Murray is not an underdog, but you have to see what he can do. I I want to see what Dobbs can do. Dobbs is still young. He hasn't got. Um, 
his chance to really show. This is his first opportunity to really, really show, although he had limited time to prepare, all right? But all of these possibilities create a unique, a unique situation for the Cardinals. But if I were the GM, I'm building with what I have, and I'm going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Now you have your franchise quarterback, a great backup quarterback, and you have Marvin Harrison Jr. blowing the top off of a, a defense, a very productive receiver, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, speed, run after the catch. Um, he definitely can be a, a game changer and a game breaker for the team. So I think that they got to stick with what they got, and I think that's what they're going to do. The head coach already expressed and said in the beginning of the season, Kyler Murray is our franchise quarterback, and that's the way it is, and, you know, that's what he expressed. So he said that, so that's what we got to believe until he, sh you know, he says something else or show us differently. So until then, you know, say what needs to be said. What is happening with the Patriots and Bill Belichick? How can he explain this horrible display of football that he's showing on the football field? Fans are starting to boo at the games like, this is getting out of hand. How much time does Belichick have as a head coach left? Like, how much time is Mr. Kraft, the, the owner, going to give him? Because it looks like time is running out, and this era has long passed him. Like, and, and we want to see change. We, we have to expect, and we want to see things change around in New England. But I doubt if that happens. But, you know, the fans... We're highly upset at the games after seeing, you know, Mr. Kraft hanging out with Drake, giving him the idea that he could care less of what's happening with the team. But that's kind of far-fetched. That's far-fetched. Just, you know, that's just the illusion of things. He got to enjoy himself, too. But, hey, man, things are crucial. It's serious. Fans are used to winning. They want to see winning. So everybody is being looked at with a microscope, even you, Mr. Kraft. So let's... Figure this thing out. But I want to have some fun, and I want to show y'all, you know, what the Tom Brady effect looks like. I'm going to tell y'all, let's compare this 2023 Patriots team to the Super Bowl champs Patriots team in 2015. And, of course, it's minus Tom Brady, the, this team, but the 2015 team had Tom Brady. Let's compare them, and let's see if Tom Brady can come to this team in 2023 and lead them to a Super Bowl? That's the big question everybody needs to be asking. The big question everyone should be asking or debating is whether or not Tom Brady can come now, right now, and lead this team to the Super Bowl. What do y'all think? Let me tell you. Let me break it down for you. Let me break it down. This is a little, a little hypothetical painting that we're going to paint, a little hypothetical picture. Because I believe Tom Brady can come right now to this team and lead them to a Super Bowl. Ain't no doubt in my mind what, what Bill Belichick got on, going on, Bill O'Brien, he can come and change everything around, the mindset, the, the atmosphere, the attitude, and everything, and lead this, this team to the, to the Super Bowl, to the championship. I'm telling you. Because I've been with him, I've seen it all. I've seen him do it with nobody's, you know, that they consider nobody's in the NFL. But let me say, let me, let's paint this picture. Let's paint this hypothetical picture. All right. Julian Edelman equals Demario Douglas. See where I'm going? Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Jamie Collins equals 
Matthew Jadon. See that? Christian Gonzalez or J.C. Jackson equals Malcolm Butler and LeGarrett Bunt uh, equals Ramondre Stevenson, right? So look, all the same type of players, skilled players, and you know, it's once one skilled players, I got, I got you on this skill play. I got you on this one. I got you. I got you. So, you know, Rob Gronkowski, he was a, he was a big factor in that Super Bowl team. So we're gonna make a big trade too. We got Tom, and we, you know, this team right now, we want to go to the Super Bowl. So let's make a trade for Kyle Pitts, and this will replace Rob Gronkowski, right? Kyle has not proven not been proven as a top tight end in NFL, but Tom Brady will immediately change that. I'm telling you, he has nothing but talent, and he's very gifted athlete, speed. He's a mismatch uh, for any DBs or safeties or linebackers. But right now, he's just in a not in the best situation, and he's not being used correctly, right? But Tom will make him a top tight end in the NFL immediately. You better believe that. Don't underestimate Tom. Now let's look at some numbers. Let's look at some numbers. Right now, I you know I didn't check after the game, but before the game, the the offense was averaging thirteen point eight yards per game. Not good at all. Right. Now we're gonna add fourteen points to. The average because now we have Tom Brady and that's taking the average to 27.8. You can't say that Tom Brady not going to deliver two more touchdowns more than this current team right now is giving us. So we're going to add 14 more points to this current average that the Patriots are averaging. So that's going to take it to 27.8 points per game for the offense. Now Demario Douglas, he will average, he will have a thousand yard season. You know, he's going to play in the slot. And I'm telling you, I, I know he will have 1,000 yards. That's Tom Julian Edelman. Then you got Kyle Pitts. He will, he will be very productive. I don't doubt he will gain 1,000 or close to 1,000, if not 1,000. And Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, he will put up good numbers. So this is the picture we paint. We painting Tom Brady coming back to the Patriots in 2023 and winning a Super Bowl. Can he do it in this horrible team? Now, currently, the Patriots' defense is ranked 21st, giving up 24.3 points per game. All right? Not typical type of Patriots defense, giving up 24.3 points per game. All right. But remember, a good offense can make a good defense. And, you know, the defense just got better with the addition with Tom Brady. Just like that. Everything just got better. Uh you're going to have more ball control, more ball possession. Um, everything's going to be more efficient. Um, you know, everything's going to be a little better, right, with the addition of Brady. Now, on defense, we have to now take 10 points per game away that the defense is giving up, giving that average to, taking that average down to 14 points per game so with the addition of tom we're going to say the defense going to give up 10 points less than they're giving up right now y'all can't agree with me i know this is agreeable this has to be agreeable I'm telling you this has to make sense i'm trying to show you 
the effect that Tom Brady had in New England and everybody underestimated, including Bill Belichick. Because I'm telling you, Tom right now can come and lead this team to a Super Bowl. Ain't no doubt about it, right? Now, if you don't want to trade for Kyle Pitts because Belichick's a defensive coach, and like you say, he didn't trade for offense to, you know, this past week. He traded for, for defense, J.C. Jackson, and he decides, okay, we're not going to trade for Kyle Pitts. Then let's go get Dar Darwin James. Derwin James. Let's go get Derwin James and turn up the defense. We ain't trading for Kyle Pitts. We trade for Derwin James, and we're turning up the defense. Now, defense just got great. The run, the, uh, the defense on the tight end, um, everything in the middle. Now you have your Rodney Harrisons, your, your McCordys, you know what I mean? So, boom, you could go either way. Now, this is the position that the Patriots will be in the NFL rankings when Tom Brady comes. Now the Patriots are having 28.8 points per game and giving up 14.3 points per game on defense. Now you have a top five defense and a top seven to eight offense. Right? That ain't smelling like Super Bowl championship to y'all. This, this don't smell like a hypothetical Super Bowl. It smells pretty good to me. Come on now. Tom Brady, he, you know it. You know in your head, in your mind, in your soul, you believe what I'm telling you because you know it's real. Tom Brady can come to this team right now in 2023 and lead this team to the Super Bowl. You know it, I know it, and I'm just giving you all the comparison. I want you to show that these teams are not nothing different. Every team is the same, and the difference was Tom Brady. So now, now, now we have created a little hope in the Patriots Nation, because everything we've been watching has been so brutal and hard to watch, we got to have and keep some type of hope. So the hope is that if somebody convinced Tom to come out of retirement, he can lead his team to the Super Bowl. Man, we're just having fun. We know Tom ain't coming out of retirement. But I want y'all to know that Tom was like that, and these teams, every team were the same. Now, yo, your man, your, your head coach, Tom, your head coach, uh, Bill Belichick, just traded for J.C. Jackson. Defense was doing pretty good, even though Christian Gonzalez got hurt. I, I, you know, I can see you want to trade for him. But the offense just put up zero points today. Why? Or yesterday. Why do you ain't trading for no offense? The, are you trading for defense because you want to protect your, your name, your legacy, because you're known as a, as a defensive coach? It seems like no one cares anymore. You trade for defense when this offense clearly needs nothing but help. Every time we turn on the game and watch the Patriots, you can see that offense needs major, major help, and you win a trade for defense. What a slap in the face, right in our face, just like that, right? It feels like, to me, like the team is giving up. And the coaches are giving up. I can only imagine, only imagine how the environment feels or how, how it is around there right now in, in New England. Because I've been there, and I, and I know it's got to be miserable when things are, are going so horribly wrong, right? You're not winning. When you're not winning, it's miserable over there. So I know right now that everybody's coming to work with their head down. They're feeling 
helpless. They don't have nobody has no answers, and they feel like the coaches don't have no answers. Mac Jones definitely feel like the coaches don't have any answers for him. He feels like nobody provided no tools for him. Nobody provided no talent, anything. He was brought there to fail. I'm telling you, that's how Matt Jones feel. You can hear it in his voice. You can hear it when him talk. He wanted this man has a lot of pride. He wants to go and be a successful. Uh, NFL quarterback. Yeah, he coming to replace Tom Brady, one of the hardest things to do. But you have done nothing but set this guy up for failure. He ain't gave him nothing to nothing to uh to be happy about and have hope for to say that feel like he is going to be good or feel like he will make it and be one of these pro bowl or all pro quarterbacks. So, Bill, you need to to fix this thing and, and, and straighten out. And on the other hand, Bill, things was not supposed to end like this, Bill. You were supposed to prove me wrong, show me that you are the great Bill Belichick, and I could come on this platform and apologize and say, Bill Belichick, I am sorry for what I said and what I started about saying you were nothing without Tom Brady. But you have done nothing but prove me wrong week in and week out. This is not supposed to end like this. You're not supposed to be proving me right. You're supposed to be proving me wrong, Mr. Belichick. And here we are. You're proving me right. If I was you and I was looking at me, I would have signed everybody and dragged everybody to the New England team just to prove Asante Samuel wrong. But, hey, you let me prove that I'm right because I'm a guy that pays attention to stuff, and you know that about me, Belichick. So, Hey, man, I don't know. Mr. Kraft, somebody step up, man, because things is not looking good and, and, and people want better. So that's all I got to say. This is looking bad. You are zero points. Wow. But say what needs to be said, man. Moving on. Say what needs to be said. How many of you out there turned down some money because you didn't want to do something that you love to do but you didn't agree with the pay. Has any one of y'all turned down a, a, a nice lump sum of money because, because of that situation? Let me know. Talk to me. Talk to me in the comments, in the chat, wherever. Let me know, DM something, because we have an interest, interesting situation that was brought up and, uh, you know, it's going viral a little bit. And, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, because it's a lot of money involved here, right? But to turn down $5.5 million to do something you love sounds impossible. This is, what I'm, this is what I was trying to explain. That sounds impossible. $5.5 million to do something you love, and you're going to turn it down. Cam Newton's case, he said he will not sign with the New York Jets if they offer him $5.5 million contract and says it would be wasting his time. Y'all hear that? $5.5 million to come be a potential backup. I don't know if he's going to go there to start. It would be wasting that man's time. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And there are multiple challenges we face when life at the football becomes reality for, you know, for us football players. And the adjustment is real. I'm here to tell you. The adjustment is real. You know, we see things from a different perspective because we're outside of our regular environment. 
So life after football, it includes it includes a lot of things, but life after football, it including it includes learning what to do with your time. Because you're going to have unlimited time to yourself and, and maybe boredom starts to hit. So how do, you, how do you fulfill your time on a daily basis and, you know, stay healthy and, you know, all of those good things? That's one of the problems. Then you have a lifestyle adjustment. Will you continue to try and live the same lifestyle or do you make adjustments to your lifestyle? You cut your bills, you know, stop paying so many people, you know, et cetera. What, how do you deal with life after football, you know, because everybody deal with it differently, you know. What will be your source of income or what will be your next career move? Got to think about that. If, you know, you're not a person that like to sit around and chill and enjoy your retirement because you've been working for 15, 20 years, what are you going to do next? Did you make good investments so you can chill and sit around and, and be able to uh, not have to go work and have financial freedom, right? You want to sit around. You don't want to do nothing. Did you make those investments? This is what life after football includes, and these are the things and the talks and, the, and things you have to, to, to face, and the truth is going to come to light regardless of what. You know, you can't hide life after football. And these are the obstacles we face when it comes to reality. But let's go back to Cam Newton. Because in 2020, Cam Newton signed a one-year, $1.75 million deal with the New England Patriots. You know, we know about that situation. A lot of people feel like uh, Cam Newton was mistreated and mishandled his whole career. But after that year, he re-signed to the New England Patriots. And he signed for a one point seven base salary. He got a $2 million signing bonus. And then he had a total of 1.5 million in per game bonuses. So every game he played, he would got a portion of that 1.5 million dollars, right? But we all know he was cut and you know things like that, which like I say the mistreatment, you know what I mean? So, you signed with New England for less than 5 million dollars, but right now sitting on your couch, you ain't getting up to go play for that 5.5 million dollars. Yeah, you know, don't don't just judge a book by a cover. Let me just talk about it because things can get tricky and, you know, uh, you know, everybody have different feelings and different uh, goals and things they want to accomplish in life. Like me, I turned down a huge bonus to go but to go participate in the offseason training when I signed with the Eagles. Not because I didn't need or I didn't want the money. I definitely wanted the money. You know, I had just signed with the Eagles. I had just signed a big contract. So, you know, I had just got my money. But I'd rather be home and relaxing before a, beautiful, a brutal season with my family, friends, kids, and just enjoying myself before I got to go to war for six months. Like, you know, that was my mentality. I don't want to be up here and got to take a quick break and come back up here and I'm stuck up here. No, I like to be home. I had joint custody with my son. You know, I had kids, so I want to be home, right? But I definitely wanted the money. We all want the money, but I wasn't willing to go live in Philly for the summer. So I had to turn the money down and everybody thought I was crazy. Hey, but, you know, they respected my decision 
at the end of the day because I'm a, I'm a family man and you know I got to spend time more time with my family. Uh, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots in 2020 for less than 5.5 million dollars. But he can say, "Hey man, I wanted to win a Super Bowl." I went to the New England Patriots because I thought I was going to get a Super Bowl. So, you know, everybody can make excuses or hindsight, whatever, whatever. But I highly doubt if Cam Newton would turn down $5.5 million right now to go play for the New York Jets if they came calling. I bet he'd be on the first thing smoking on his way on the way to the New York right now. First class, 6 o'clock flight if they call. You know what I mean? Especially if you still have that competitive juice and the competitive edge and you want to, you still think you can play. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to want to play. Like, why wouldn't you want to play for $5 million if you feel like you still can play? You love the game. But, you know, experiences and things happen. So I, I, we don't know what transpired through his career. Or maybe it was his last experience he had with the Patriots. Maybe that taught him what he is or what he is not willing to deal with. Because, man, like playing for the Patriots, that can be a trying situation. You know what I mean? I'm here to tell you, playing for Belichick can be challenging in itself. Just playing for him. And especially if you're not born into that system or drafted there, it can be extremely difficult to adjust to because You've been used to a whole nother system, and now you come in with this craziness that you think is just way bizarre and way above what, what it needs to be. So that experience can really hinder your thoughts and, and how you feel in the future, right? But Cam, Cam earned over $100 million in, through his career, so he made good money. I'm sure... You know, he got it going on, blah, blah, you know, this and that and the other. But he made really good money. But after a year or two or three out of football and watching it on the couch as a fan, you know, it gives you a different perspective and make you look at football different. And, you know, my, my homeboy used to tell me that while I was playing, he was still, he would tell me, like, boy, you look stupid out there. Y'all look like some crash dummies running at each other. Like, boy, y'all look foolish. And, and now I kind of look at the same thing in the same way and kind of, you know, see where he was coming from when he said that. And it's like, dang. And I hear a lot of people, a lot of ex-players on Twitter say the same thing, like, wow, I don't know if I could go do this again. Like, wow, that was crazy. I put myself out there to go uh, play this game in this violent game, right? It's an extremely violent game. And it make ex-players cringe. Ain't that crazy. That's how violent the game is. Players played the game, been right in the middle of it, delivering those blows, taking those blows, and when you sit back on the couch, you cringe because it's like, wow, I can't believe I was doing that. But, hey, man, I don't know if, if, if the Jets called Cam Newton. What y'all think? He going or, or he staying? $5 million, $5.5 million. I say he going. I say he hitting that, uh, that plane and... He coming there happy and ready to go to work. Personality live and energetic. You know what I mean? But it's Mr. Pick Six here, Sante Samuel. 
you know, that's all I got for y'all today. And, you know, till next time, say what needs to be said. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.